This is a podcast about the manosphere, so it may contain references to extremist misogyny and violence, and it will definitely contain lots of swears. This is a podcast about the manosphere, so it may contain references to extremist misogyny and violence, and it will definitely contain lots of swears. Hey, Dan, did you know that we don't actually live in a patriarchy? Do you know what? I am aware of that. Hello and welcome to Manosphere Debunked. I am Aileen Barrett, also known as the Tinder Translator. And I am the resident SMV 6.1 hottie, Dan, otherwise known as the narcissist psychologist on uh, Instagram. And welcome to our podcast. Still riding a high off your sexual marketplace score. Do you know what? I am going to take that to my grave. (laughs) Wow. So today we are going to talk about patriarchy and whether or not it exists. Do I need to check with you if you think patriarchy exists, Dan? Well, I have a question about whether Mm -hmm. it exists or not, because, (laughs) you know, I have seen women driving cars by themselves, (laughs) you know, not with their husbands in the driver's seat. So for me, that's a strong indicator that patriarchy doesn't exist and that actually we are moving towards a gynocentric matriarchy. I don't know. I don't know if I'm right in that. No, that's that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> some women don't even have husbands. Shut up. Yeah, that's no. And they're not even like confined to workhouses at spinsters or anything like just yeah. mind blown. <laughs> so <laughs> from that slightly sarcastic intro, you might uh, get the impression that Dan and I do believe that patriarchy exists. And I suppose it's one of feminism's fundamental premises, really, um, that there is a patriarchy. And it's kind of one of the manosphere's fundamental premises that there isn't. And uh, in some corners of the manosphere, that actually we do live in a woke feminist, matriarchal, homosexual, agenda, global conspiracy vibe, which sounds lovely to me. I wouldn't mind it. <laughs> That's right up your street, I imagine. Just all of those things would be like literally your utopia, would it? Yeah, that's my Instagram bubble. Um, so it's <laughs> just. Uh... So we want to talk today a bit about Manosphere's approaches to saying why patriarchy doesn't exist, what we think patriarchy is, and then maybe looking a little bit more into some of the Manosphere's heroes and what they say about patriarchy aka Jordan Peterson, uh, who we will get to in a bit. But I think one of the problems when sort of trying to debate whether patriarchy exists or not with manosphere, non-feminist, potentially misogynist types is that we're often talking across purposes. We're not talking about the same thing. They're often using a very basic dictionary definition of patriarchy, which is easy to argue against. I'm going to read out a uh, dictionary definition of patriarchy for you right now. Before you say it, I'm going to say that I I think I know what the definition is that you're going to... So the one that they cite to argue against. Go on then. It's either like a Collins dictionary definition or it's Mm -hmm. one of the definitions that come up literally at the start of Google. Like if you typed in patriarchy, Mm -hmm. it references men being the head of a household and um, them being a patriarch and so therefore a society that I guess still holds that as a natural family structure I guess is what a patriarchal society would be 
Is that is is that the definition? Basically, yeah. It's it's all about the fathers. They love they love to be like, well, loads of men are fatherless now. So, or or like you know, a lot of families no longer have a man in the household yes, because exactly. there's like single mother households. So actually, how can there be a patriarchy? <laughs> so I'm just spitting on the floor when I'm thinking of single mother households, of which I grew up in one and um, I'm currently am one. Yeah, and which I was uh, you know raised in. So same. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, high five single mother house. High five. <laughs> that explains a lot about us, doesn't it? That's why we're <laughs> yeah. like we are. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So the definition that I've got here is a system of society or government in which the father or eldest male is head of the family and descent is reckoned through the male line. It's all about men heads of households and uh, kind of male lines of inheritance, which do still exist in some situations including i think in some lordships uh and the hereditary peers that still exist in our system of government in the uk but we're not in a patriarchy so no we're not in a patriarchy because actually um even though i was um raised by a single mother i was obviously the eldest son and i actually had no say mm-hmm. in the household like you know my mother you know i would i would say i don't want to go to school and my mother would be like of course you're going to school don't be silly so actually the, the <laughs> fact that i was the eldest male counted for shit in our household so did you keep going but i'm the man of the house <laughs> i demand to not go to school as the patriarch of this household <laughs> So that's one of the things that misogyny grifters, manosphere types will argue against. It's really easy to say, well, you know, uh, there are women heads of households now, like quite a lot of them. So (laughs) patriarchy doesn't exist, which if that was the definition I was working from, I'd have to be like, do you know what? You're right. Dan had to go to school, even though he was the oldest man in the house. So (laughs) you are right. But neither of us are really working from that definition, funnily enough. But but even when you get to a more complex structural idea of patriarchy, there can still be some arguments against it because there's also the idea that patriarchy is a system in which all men oppress all women. And that is, again, not my understanding of patriarchy. I don't think all men oppress all women. I don't think it's that simple. But again, much easier to argue against that. I thought here would be a good point to listen to our Lord and Saviour, John Peterson. <laughs> who talks a lot about patriarchy and how he doesn't really think it exists in in lots of ways. But I think maybe before we listen to him, should we just talk about who Jordan Peterson is for anyone who doesn't know? Yeah, just maybe give a broad strokes overview of who he is. Colleague of yours, uh, psychologist. (laughs) Yeah, so he's a... (laughs) That was like I punched you in the face then, wasn't it? Just a little bit. Sorry. So I guess, yes. So so he is a psychologist. Um, He's a Canadian psychologist who came to quite strong prominence in, I think, about 2016, where he took umbrage against Canadian law's move towards recognising pronouns, I think it was. And he Mm -hmm. took umbrage against what I think he believed was being dictated to, that he would have to do this by law. Uh, On the whole, freedom of expression, freedom of thought, took a strong view against that. And I guess that's kind of what threw him into the limelight. I know previously he has been an author i think he wrote a book called maps of meaning but then alongside all of this um kind of controversy around the the pronoun situation uh, he also wrote 12 rules for life which has become quite an influential book Mm -hmm. but within that is an interesting conceptualization in which he thinks of masculinity being order and femininity being chaos and that actually in order to manage the feminine chaos 
or how he conceptualizes chaos as femininity in order to manage that you need a lot of order and structure and essentially the book is about how to bring order and structure to your life yeah it's actually the subheading is it's 12 rules for life an antidote to chaos yeah and it's um it sold five million copies worldwide that book i would say that he's kind of a hero of, of young men especially young white men who maybe feel disenfranchised or um left out of modern life which i think is actually what's happened is they're just not centered in things in the way that you know white men used to be some places i mean white men are still pretty fucking centered <laughs> He's he is a hero of misogynists. If I think that's pretty fair. Yeah, I think it is. He would argue that he um, doesn't advocate for them and he doesn't sort of speak to them, and that he can't really mm. control who holds him in high regard or who sort of idolizes him. Which I think is fair to yes. one degree, um, but I think he is very aware of it. And there is certainly, as we're probably going to go through, a lot of rhetoric that appeals to those particular individuals. Um, I think he's probably more aware of it than um, he lets on. Yeah, and I think also he doesn't kind of speak out against it. Yeah, I don't think you should be doxing women who speak out against me or something like that. Yeah, you know, he could just say that, but he doesn't. No. So that's nice. So there's a clip we've got here is of Jordan Peterson giving an interview and he's talking about patriarchy. We're going to listen to like the first kind of minute of it now because it's quite long and people can only take so much of Canadian Kermit the Frog at a time. <laughs> anyway, here, let's listen to a little bit of uh, Jordan Peterson. So that you say in the book, you know, there is masculine order and feminine chaos. Mm -hmm. I, no, actually, I say that those are symbolic representations of the two things. Right. OK. Mm -hmm. So why? Why is order masculine? Um, I think it's because our primary social hierarchy structures are fundamentally masculine. And that's not the patriarchy. Well, it's not the modern idea of the patriarchy, that's for sure. I mean, that's, so that's my idea of the patriarchy, which is a, a system of male dominance of society. Yeah, but that's not my sense of the patriarchy. So what's, what's yours? Well, in what sense is our society male-dominated? Uh, the fact that the vast majority of wealth is owned by men, the vast majority of capital and is owned by men. Women do more unpaid okay, it's a very, labor. a very tiny proportion of men and a huge proportion of people who are seriously disaffected are men. Most people in prison are men. Most people who are uh, on the street are men. Most victims of violent crime are men. Most people who commit suicide are men. Uh, most men, most people who die in wars are men. People who do worse in school are men. It's like, where's the dominance here precisely? What you're doing is you're taking a tiny substrata of hyper-successful men and using that to represent the entire structure of, the, of Western society. There's nothing about that that's vaguely appropriate. So one of the reasons i chose that one is because of the list which we're not going to go into like the detail of each of those things where he lists you know well this this is worse for men this is worse for men this is worse for men but that is another classic manosphere how can there be a patriarchy when more men die in war and more men die from suicide that is such a classic comeback but um give me give me some of your thoughts on that little clip because um your face is priceless so well my face is priceless. 6.1 face my 6.1 face so the thing for me in that clip in those very first minutes uh, in that very first minute is the the fact that he denies that a patriarchy exists but then will literally list the exact conceptualization of how we understand a patriarchy and then say that that doesn't fit because he says um i, I think the interviewer sort of talks about how 
a lot of men hold wealth, a lot of men are in positions of power, a lot of mm -hmm. men make decisions. And he goes on to say, well, that's just a small substrata of men. But that is the, quite literally what is meant by patriarchy is the idea that that not all men are oppressors of women or that not all men are in positions of power. That's not what a patriarchy means. It's a patriarchy is the idea that systems of power are held or held or designed by men and, and positions of power are held by men. And that's my understanding of what feminism is trying to highlight a patriarchal structure is. Yeah, the idea is like, but it's only a few men. It's like, okay, but is it men though? Now the thing is, it's a kind of quick quip come back to the list of things is that, well, men are the ones who bloody start the wars and men are the ones who uh, commit the violent crimes that other men are victims of and all, all this stuff. And I think that that is reductive too, because when something is structural, it means that people can participate in it, whatever their gender is. You know, Margaret Thatcher was participating in patriarchy. She was in office for 11 years and had one woman mm -hmm. in her cabinet the entire time. Um, her being a female prime minister didn't stop patriarchy being predominant in the UK. Well, in the same way that, you know, just because President Obama was president for eight years of America, it didn't suddenly mean that there was no longer any kind of racism or white supremacy issue mm. in America. It's a, pretty much the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's exactly the same thing. And it's definitely was not the case. No. Bringing up racism and white supremacy, I think the other thing that that Jordan Peterson misses and a lot of people miss when they say like, well, you know, it's not all men, lots of men suffer and lots of men are sent out to war or whatever. And that is because patriarchy as a structure intersects with other structures of privilege and oppression, like race, like class. Um, and those things are enacted on men as well as women. So you know, most of the men who die in war are also working class. They're all they're, they're definitely not the rich men. You know, we're not just talking about patriarchal structure here. We're talking about a white supremacist capitalist patriarchal structure. And class is really important, and it's I think that gets lost sometimes when people discuss the intersection of things because it's why a lot of men, I think, a lot of men who are attracted to the manosphere, a lot of what they're actually angry at is the inequality that is due to capitalism that perhaps didn't affect them in previous generations because their male privilege was greater because feminism has made some inroads. No, I, I'm not saying that feminism hasn't made any inroads. Don't think any feminist is saying that. And so they have a kind of more, an awareness of the unfairness of, of our societal structures that they may maybe could ignore a bit more when men got the jobs and men felt superior, especially white men were, were kind of gifted. It was the crumbs at the, under the master's table of, well, you're white and you're a man, so you're superior. And actually we're going to still make you like earn shitty wages and do shitty, dangerous jobs, but you'll feel like it's because you're a man and therefore you will feel okay about it. Whereas now people are like, mm -hmm. maybe you're not superior and you still got to do the shitty jobs. <laughs> so, or, and, and also sometimes those shitty jobs are no longer around due to things like industrialization, deindustrialization, sorry. And I guess the capitalist ideas of just sort of, you know, using people to make money in a, the cheapest, easiest way possible, mm -hmm. which, you know, capitalism i'm gonna say that it's probably a brainchild of rich white men i mean yeah yeah i mean it's the natural evolution of like the feudal system into an industrialized age basically that like there used to be lords yeah. and serfs then wage labor came along and it changed a bit but not enough um basically which again then is a offshoot of you know the patriarchal structure so mm -hmm. 
again, the, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so it's, it's frustrating because the way that manosphere people engage with patriarchy is quite basic. They're not really into the idea that it's nuanced, that it's intersectional, that it's complex, and that people's ideas and theories of how patriarchy works are constantly being updated and informed, especially as different voices are brought into academia. I mean, like, I don't think you can understand patriarchy or feminism in any kind of good sense without reading some black women academics because they brought so much into that the understandings and challenged white feminists so much in especially in like 70s and 80s that means that there's another layer of nuance so there are another 17 layers of nuance in there and that can lead to certainly jordan peterson says it the accusation that patriarchy is this kind of like vague all-encompassing thing that you just blame instead of addressing your individual responsibility instead of you know engaging with the fact that actually, you know, some women just don't want to be paid as much as men. They don't say that. But you know what? (laughs) Like that kind of thing. Yeah. And actually, it's not vague. It's complicated. And those two things are different. They're really different. Mm -hmm. Also, I mean, I think probably should have said this up top. Patriarchy doesn't mean men. It doesn't mean I'm blaming patriarchy or I'm blaming something that is outside myself. I mean, it is kind of outside myself. I'm also in it, you know, and I need to engage with the ways in which Mm -hmm. I've been socialized and therefore... I do take individual responsibility to change yeah. things. But no, they'll just be like, oh, it's patriarchy again, is it? <laughs> How convenient. Yeah. Anyway, we both kind of wanted to talk about our own understandings, uh, where they come from, a patriarchy. Um, and I think I'm really interested because I don't actually know exactly what you're going to say and you don't know exactly what I'm going to say. So uh, this is where you tell me that this has all been a setup from day one and you actually <laughs> are on Jordan Peterson's side. Or something else yeah th- this this was a long con and i'm like i'm actually an ardent mra and i'm here to expose you expose um, me to our 500 listeners <laughs> <laughs> what expose you as you as what you proudly are anyway. yeah so okay. uh so tell me about your understandings of patriarchy okay so i think i really did struggle with the idea of what a patriarchy was and and it was really difficult for me in my mind to conceptualize how patriarchy exists and how men can struggle at the same time so pretty much the exact kind of cognitive dissonance that i'm guessing some mra individuals may struggle with now yeah until one day i was in a supervision training session uh when i qualified and that the person who was delivering the teaching was talking about how to make a supervision session safe for a supervisee. And one of the things that she mentioned was talking about privilege. And what she said was, is that she doesn't really like using the word privilege because it it brings up defenses in people. Mm-hmm. So what she likes to talk about is what power does somebody have? And I was like, oh God, that's such an interesting way to think about it. And that reminded me of this framework, which is called the power threat meaning framework, which we'll obviously link in the the show Mm -hmm. notes, but it's essentially a framework, which is a new perspective on how people can sometimes experience a whole range of, I guess, distress, confusion, fear, despair, and troubled or troubling behavior. And it's kind of considered a alternative to more traditional models of um, psychiatric diagnosis. So it was developed by Mary Boyle and Lucy Johnston. And uh, the framework essentially summarizes and integrates a great deal of evidence about the role 
of various kinds of power in people's lives and also the kinds of threats that misuses of power can pose to an individual and then the ways in which people have learned as human beings to respond to those threats of power i guess being taken away from them mm -hmm. but i guess the the thing that uh, relates to this conversation today is the idea of what power is and this by the way is all being taken from this book that i've got which is called the straight talking introduction to the power threat meaning framework which we'll also link in the show notes so when we talk about power it's sort of the book goes on to say that there's no one particular definition of what power is because power refers to a complex set of processes abstract and concrete and some that are more visible and less visible however the book does have three suggestions so power might be considered mm -hmm. being able to obtain security and advantages for yourself or others it might also be conceptualized as being able to influence your environment and meet your own needs and interests and it might also be about being able to control resources that other people might want need or fear losing and when you think about mm -hmm the patriarchy and when you think about the position that some men have the closer you are to what is known as have you heard of the default male yeah but tell us what it is the concept of the default male is something that i um, read about in invisible women by caroline criado perez which is essentially a book that goes around highlighting how the world is essentially designed for men by men in various different aspects so in this book she talks about this idea of the the default male and i am the default male i'm white i'm i think i'm middle class ish somewhere around there you're middle class yes i'm middle class i'm heterosexual i what else am i oh i'm able-bodied so mm -hmm. i have no physical dis physical or intellectual disabilities so i am essentially the pinnacle like default, default male right. and it's the idea that the further away you you move from me the more discriminant the harder your life is and the more discrimination you are likely to experience and the more strife you are likely to experience and the more hardship you're likely to experience and just to um, end on how i understand patriarchy mm -hmm. there is a really really good analogy that was written in 2012 by an author called john scalzi and he wrote it on his blog which is called whatever which is a great name for a blog <laughs> i thought you just forgotten the blog name then <laughs> and the the blog title is called straight white male the lowest difficulty setting there is <laughs> and i think i've discovered this in i think it was reading um everyday sexism by laura bates i think mm -hmm. um it was it was in there so do you reckon we dropped laura bates name every episode yeah we're such fangirls aren't we <laughs> such fangirls so i'm going to send you the blog post and mm -hmm. i don't want you to read a couple of paragraphs i've been thinking of a way to explain to straight white men how life works for them without invoking the dreaded word privilege to which they react like vampires being fed a garlic tart at high noon it's not that the word privilege is incorrect it's that it's not their word when confronted with privilege, they fiddle with the word itself and haul out the dictionaries and find every possible way to talk about the word, but not any of the things the word signifies. Oh, that's good. Mm. <laughs> so the challenge, how to get across the ideas bound up in the word privilege in a way that your average straight white man will get without freaking them out about it. Being a white guy who likes women, here's how I would do it. Dudes. <laughs> Sorry, it's made me laugh. Dudes, imagine life here in the US, or indeed pretty much anywhere else in the Western world, is a massive role-playing game. 
like World of Warcraft, except appallingly mundane, where most quests involve the acquisition of money, cell phones and donuts, although not always at the same time. Let's call it the real world. You have installed the real world on your computer and are about to start playing. But first, you go to the settings tab to bind your keys. I don't know what that means because uh, I'm not a straight white man. But to bind your keys, fiddle with your defaults and choose the difficulty setting for the game. Got it? Okay. In the role-playing game known as the real world, straight white male is the lowest difficulty setting there is. This means that the default behaviours for all the non-player characters in the game are easier on you than they would be otherwise. The default barriers for completions of quests are lower, your levelling up thresholds come more quickly, you automatically gain entry to some parts of the map that others have to work for, the game is easier to play automatically, and when you need help, by default, it is easier to get. That's great. I think that's a great kind of explanation of, of privilege without using the word privilege. Yeah. Later on in the blog, he talks about how you can lose playing on the lowest difficult setting. The lowest difficult setting is still the easiest setting to win. The player who plays on gay minority female setting, hardcore. <laughs> um, I think, again, it does, it leaves out class, doesn't it? This, this strategy, yeah. that's probably the only sort of issue yeah. I'd take with it. But yeah, so that's really, I really like that. I think it's an interesting thing. And I also think, yeah, the, the idea that you can still lose, it's not, doesn't mean yeah. the game is rigged. doesn't mean that you automatically win. It just means. Yeah. You're still going to have challenges along the way, aren't you? Yeah. And I guess just a, a final point in, in what I like about the idea of privilege equaling power is the fact that certain men don't have access to the power that exists because they might be black or because they might be from a low socioeconomic status or because they might be gay and things like that. So, but just because you don't have access to the power doesn't mean that the power doesn't exist. It doesn't mean that society functions and moves and is designed around the particular power structures that were set up long before anybody listening to this podcast came along. And that's how I understand patriarchy. And that's how I understand that society benefits some men more than others. And the closer you are to me as a mm -hmm. default male, the more benefit you will have, which is not to say that I don't have a hard life or that I don't have challenges or that I might not have difficulty later on down the line. Mm -hmm. But currently life is just that bit easier for me. On the, on the easiest setting. I like that. The lowest yeah, difficulty exactly. setting. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, absolutely. And I benefit from these structures too, right? I'm pretty close. So close yeah. to being that default male, <laughs> um, yeah. the default man. Um, so I totally agree with those c concepts of patriarchy. I want to talk about what's really shaped and probably developed my idea of what patriarchy is is reading Bell Hooks, who was a, a black feminist scholar who really challenged some kind of white feminism that was not looking to dismantle any of the structures, just looking to get to the top of them, right? That's essentially what white feminism, the, the concept white feminism is about, isn't necessarily just about white women being feminists. It's about the idea that you can like solve sexism just by women being in the places of power and dominance that men hold right and that is probably the the progress that we've made more than anything is that women are in the tops of the structures doesn't mean they're not patriarchal mm -hmm. structures you could they could still be patriarchal structures and women could be at the top of them mm -hmm. which again 
is complex. And then, you know, some dickhead in the comment section will say, well, what does it mean then? It doesn't even mean anything if you're saying women can be part of patriarchy. Mm -hmm. Because what they hear when you talk about patriarchy is men are to blame for bad shit. Men hurt women, which they do disproportionately. Mm -hmm. They also hurt each other disproportionately. Men hurt disproportionately. That's it. Men kill disproportionately. This is a thing. But mm. nobody is saying that that means, well, actually, some people are saying that means that men are bad and they need to go away. But that is definitely not the, the main f feminist framework that I work through. So I guess what my understanding of, and you want to be really clear that it has developed a lot and then that's okay. Like it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist just because my ideas about it have changed. It's like saying that ideas about racism have developed and therefore racism isn't real you know it doesn't make any sense mm -hmm. it's basically a societal structure that's based on a gender binary where the male and masculine is coded as dominant as powerful as you know supreme supremacist i suppose mm -hmm. and the feminine female is coded as submissive so that doesn't mean that men are all dominant and women are all submissive it means that we have these understandings, these meanings that we put on things that make these structures and that harm everyone, but also that do give men a dominance over women, especially in domestic settings, you know, within socioeconomic groups. If you look at, if you look at a man and a woman who have the same, it, they intersected all the same things. So, you know, they were white working class, um, straight, non-disabled. There would be a power dynamic in that situation that where the man has more power and that's my understanding of a basic kind of framework of, of patriarchy is this kind of coding of masculine attributes of order of dynamism of power of dominance of violence as male mm -hmm. and as kind of mm -hmm. the ones that rule our society and and a really mm -hmm. great book to learn more about that is bell hooks book the will to change which is about men and masculinity and patriarchy men within patriarchy and it's very actually takes a lot of feminism to task in that it says you know the idea that we can just be like i don't care about men is like well that doesn't work <laughs> you can't be like i'm just going to care about women and not men it's like i understand how you feel like that but it's not going to work as a societal mm -hmm. thing because it's not it's not practical you yeah, can't and you just can't leave. look after women without looking after men because if we agree that men are enacting the violence then we need to help them not do that or not even help them she's not really talking about it's women's responsibility this is a book called the will to change which is about men having the will to change and recognize what patriarchy enacts on them it's great actually we didn't prep this but you've talked about the kind of privilege and how you understand your your lowest difficulty setting as a man in patriarchy and what i wanted to talk about a bit was some of the stuff that bell hooks talks about in will to change as what patriarchy enacts on men so the chapter two of the will to change is all about like what patriarchy is and stuff but she, in, in the context of men um and she is very clear she says that male oppression of women cannot be excused by the recognition that there are ways men are hurt by rigid sexist roles. So she talks about how oppressive her father was in her household in the 50s. She talks about some of the more subtle ways that boys are socialized out of essentially joy. I have a big thing about like boys are like, you just look at the fucking clothing aisles in supermarkets. And after about three boys just don't get bright colors or rainbows anymore. It's like, you get a tractor if you're lucky, a dinosaur, 
And then from about the age of six, you just get fucking gaming consoles shit loads of the time. And then you look at the girls aisle and it's all impractical and slightly skimpy, mm. but it's also really bright and joyous. It's like, oh, could we not just... Merge them somehow. Yeah. Yeah. So she talks a lot about that. And she talks about watching her brother, who was naturally more quiet and gentle than her, being made into a kind of hardened version of himself, whereas she, who was more competitive and aggressive, was kind of made to really tone that down. But she talks, and this is a big thing that a lot of a lot of men who are really into bell hooks talk about. She talks about this concept, a concept called soul murder, which is like the first act of violence that we ask of men is is enacted on themselves. I have now sent you a quote uh, from from the will to change from bell hooks, and I thought you could read it out and we could discuss okay. it. Okay. So, learning to wear a mask that word already embedded in the term masculinity is the first lesson in patriarchal masculinity a boy learns he learns that his core feelings cannot be expressed if they if they do not conform to the acceptable behaviors sexism defines as male asked to give up the true self in order to realize the patriarchal ideal boys learn self-betrayal early and are rewarded for these acts of soul murder Therapist John Bradshaw explains the splitting that takes place when a child learns that the way he organically feels is not acceptable. In response to this lesson that his true self is inappropriate and wrong, the boy learns to don a false self. So I think that that's just a really great expression of how, although I think that patriarchy gives men power, it asks for something in exchange for that power. Yeah, no, it, it's... Um... It kind of resonates because I guess it's taken me quite a long time to be comfortable with the type of man that I am. I think for a long time mm -hmm. through my childhood and particularly my schooling and things like that, there was an expectation that I fit a particular type of boy to grow up to be a particular type of man. Mm -hmm. I went to a school that was very into sort of respect hierarchies. It was very sports orientated. And within that, there was... I guess, both overt and covert kind of respect given to boys who could achieve and attain particular things, whether it was academics or sports prowess, and then in and amongst ourselves, prowess with, you know, the opposite sex. So there was obviously the girls. Yeah, the ladies. Mm -hmm. um, so there was a, you know, a, a girls school down the road, a, a girls high school down the road. And, you know, there were dancers and you know, it was very, that kind of typical was thing. Was it the 1950s? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so you it kind of resonates because yeah so yeah. so so I, I i the idea of not being your authentic self and having to almost like change yourself to fit a particular type of expectation i guess kind of resonates with me and even still now mm -hmm. you know there are certain things where i question whether what i do is fits a male masculine stereotype but i'm a, mm -hmm. a lot more at ease with going eh, fuck it who cares yeah um, but yeah. There's only so much you can get out of it. You can't escape it completely, I guess. Um, exactly, yeah. I have the same experience, I guess, the other way. that I, I Actually, I'll put it in the show notes. I wrote something called Shrinking quite a while ago, which was in response to a play about eating disorders, but it was more about just a general sense of trying to be smaller than I was in, in my personality as a woman in order to be desirable and like mm. fit in. So that's just a, another manifestation of what Bell Hooks was talking about. So how she was competitive and aggressive, but she was made to be less than and quieter. Sounds yeah. like 
that's something that you've gone through yes this is just a great illustration of how patriarchy just fucks us all over but just to end my bell hooks stuff with another quote from bell hooks because i don't want to say like oh and it's just so hard for everyone it's hard equally because there is a sense for me that patriarchy benefits men but Mm -hmm. as well as taking from them and it benefits Mm. obviously a certain strata of men greatly more than others so her definition and i think this is really important for me and and again it's it's the kind of dominance the coding of things but it's a political social system that insists that males are inherently dominated superior to everything and everyone deemed weak especially females and endowed with the right to dominate and rule over the weak and to maintain that dominance through various forms of psychological terrorism and violence. Mm. Even though that seems quite extreme, like psychological terrorism and violence, but actually, if you talk to most women about their kind of most visceral experience of patriarchy is the fear of male violence. And actually, I think that is a lot of men's most visceral experience of patriarchy is this kind of dominant macho culture of the fear of male violence does kind of rule us all but for women Mm -hmm. it's often more the fear of sexual violence and it dominates how we live our lives and the choices we make Mm -hmm. and i don't think that anyone can really dispute that as a as a a qualitative fact if you like so i think that that's an important factor as as well um and again Mm -hmm. that's bell hooks as well and i think bell hooks is so good at holding the the kind of complexity of patriarchy like that and that's why Mm -hmm. i wanted to kind of focus a bit on her no it's been it's 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 helpful and it's um I haven't told you this before the starting this podcast, but I've actually never read any bell hooks. Uh, so I think the will to change has definitely been something that has been a book that I've wanted to read. Yeah. We were going to look at some more Jordan Peterson, but maybe we've talked enough really. Yeah. I think it's a good place to wrap up there. Yeah. Let's fuck, fuck him. We'll, I'll put the, I'll put the link to the clip if people want to watch the rest of it, but it basically <laughs> just goes on about, you know, Oh, it's not really patriarchy blah blah but i guess my my final thoughts um Mm -hmm. on this is that i think what we've both talked about is the fact that just because men suffer doesn't mean that the patriarchy doesn't exist and that actually it's possible for a system that both benefits men and also fucks men over to exist and Mm -hmm. that actually men can exist in a society that was built by men but may not have considered all men and that's and that's why men do suffer yeah mic drop (laughs) one extra thing that i just wanted to to kind of add on is that you know nobody denies that patriarchy did exist right so like at some point like women didn't have the vote and women couldn't like do certain things with their husbands and you know no one disputes that it does exist in afghanistan or saudi arabia where women can't drive cars right Mm-hmm. my question to people who say well it doesn't exist in the west anymore is when did it stop mm-hmm. um was it stopped when women got the vote um yeah. or was it stopped after world war Two when women started working more or was it after the birth control pill or was it abortion rights or was it by the 90s when mm-hmm. actually in the 90s until the 90s marital rape was not recognized as something that was possible under law mm-hmm. um when did it stop like that's my question yeah it's a really good question. And and Jordan Peterson says in this the rest of this clip, which we'll put in the show notes, you know, well, it's the best it's ever been. Sure. Doesn't mean it's not existing, mm. you know. So I think I think we've, we've put that to bed once and for all. I don't think anyone else, anyone will ever say that there's not a patriarchy again after <laughs> listening to this podcast. No, absolutely. This is going to go <laughs> viral. Everyone's going to take it on board and just go, absolutely, those two are correct. And go, it's all been solved. And then, yeah. <laughs>
enjoyed today's episode of Manosphere Debunked, please leave us a review and subscribe wherever you listen. You can also send questions, suggestions and thoughts to manosphere-debunked at gmail.com. All of the materials referenced in this podcast are linked in the show notes. I reckon we should do a Patreon-only series where we read one rule a week and just talk about it together. Um, one rule of life. I reckon that'd be great. Um, but some people would have to want to subscribe to a Patreon for that to happen. Let us know if you would like to do yeah, that. Yeah. Um, okay. Email us and let us know. Yeah. Um, so, bell hooks. Let me go back to bell. <laughs>